finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. A big boost for the uh, DeSantis for President campaign as Donald Trump sits down with the New York Times. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. He just... He's just so needy and insecure. We got some uh, some of the revelations from Trump as he helps out one of his old friends at the New York Times. We got Joe Biden confessing uh, in a moment of candor to a really inappropriate relationship. This could be the most bizarre sound we've heard from our president in a long, long time. The FBI raids a Catholic father of seven. Uh, and arrests him at gunpoint for shoving someone a year ago. And now the man's facing over a decade in prison. The uh, Biden goons at the FBI are out of control. In case you didn't know, Tucker Carlson travels to uh, California for the weekend. And it could be the, the most bizarre story of the weekend. We'll, we'll tell you why Tucker headed from his home in Maine to, to California. Nancy Pelosi gets booed at a global warming uh, event in New York City, truly bizarre and uh, and, and encouraging. I like it. Um, wild weekend in the wild and ugly weekend in the uh, NFL. The Patriots season is over. Um, <laughs> the uh, Brady versus Rogers thing was really ugly, and uh, it gets worse for Brady. We got a we got some news from the Daily Mail on Tom Brady and Giselle's. Uh, relationship and a coach a coach from Buffalo has a legendary tantrum. I'd put this right up. This is a top, top two or three tantrum in uh, recent sports history. We will get to that and lots more. Today's Callahan show brought to you by my pillow. We love my pillow. Just go to mypillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, the standard my pillow, which is normally 69.98 is only 19.98 with code word Jerry. MyPillow is made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on. Get it now and you can support this show because like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping out us, but you're joining in the fight against the cancel culture crowd. MyPillow isn't in big box stores for obvious reasons, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. You get the Giza sheets, buy one, get one free, half off slippers, six piece towel sets, regular $109.99, just $39.99 with code word Jerry. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Jerry. I did. It's, it's a Monday morning. It is a. It was a wild weekend. We have so much stuff here. So much great stuff to get to. I will try to get to all of it. Uh, uh, we haven't. I haven't even mentioned the Celtics yet. The uh, we got some updates on the Celtics. We don't have the whole story yet. I'm still waiting impatiently for some enterprising reporter to break this thing wide open. We have some updates and uh, some uh, uh, some hints from some people who've heard some things about Ime Odoka. And I will get to that, but I got to, I want to start with this because it drives me crazy. I feel more, uh, more certain than ever that we need Ron DeSantis in 2024 because Donald Trump, he's just not learning. He just doesn't learn. He, he promises, you know, to do better next time, to do better at hiring, at surrounding himself with people, at making choices, making decisions. Cause he was not good at that. I mean, this guy handed the, the whole country over to Dr. Fauci you know, this guy hired, you know, people like you know, Michael Cohen and Amarosa and, and uh, just some questionable characters all around him. And I couldn't believe this when I heard about it. This, if you haven't heard, there's a book out. I think it's, it's, it's already out. It's uh, the name of the book is confidence man. In other words, con man, the making of Donald Trump and the breaking of America. So obviously 
It's not going to be a flattering portrait of Donald Trump. It is written by Maggie Haberman, the New York Times writer, who I thought Trump hated. I thought Trump viewed her as the enemy because she is. Uh, she spent her, you know, all his entire uh, time in office trying to destroy him. She won a Pulitzer Prize for for the Russia hoax, you know, for lying about him and his uh, colluding with Russia. I mean, one of the great scandals, fake scandals of, of our time. And so I thought Trump understood she was the bad guy. He was, he, she was there to destroy him. And I, I'm reading it. Uh, I'm reading about this book. I'm obviously not going to you know, buy the book. I'm not going to read the book, but it's going to be a big deal among the mainstream media. This is from Politico this morning. Culled from three sit-down interviews with Maggie Hammerman, uh, the piece is chock full of eye-popping quotable moments. Trust us, you're going to want to read the whole thing. And then it lists all these big uh, takeaways, including he calls uh, Mitch McConnell a piece of shit. Uh, he, he, he rips, uh, he rips uh, Mike Pence and Lindsey Graham and you name it. He, he mentions that he could, and this could be the dumbest thing. This is saying something, dumbest thing Trump has ever said, that he could declassify documents just by thinking it. So he would look at a document and just think that's declassified. Now, I don't know how he came up with that, but it's just illogical and silly. But uh, here's, here's the most disturbing part, and I'll explain why. Here it is uh, from Politico, the, the excerpt from... Uh, uh, Maggie Haberman's book. I mean, she is the number one person on the uh, who, whose job it was to destroy Trump, to to slander and libel Trump, to destroy Trump. And I thought he knew that. Anyway, he Donald Trump turned to two aides he had sitting in on our interview and gestured toward me with his hand and said, "I love being with her. She's like my psychiatrist." What? Oh. <laughs> He will never learn. This is something Ron DeSantis would never, ever do. Ron DeSantis understands the relationship with the media. He understands that they're out to destroy him. They are out to help his enemies, his, his adversaries. That's it, period. And sometimes there might be some question if you don't really know the person or know who they, you know, know the, the, the outlet they work for, they write for. This is the New York Times. This is the face of the Washington Bureau of the New York Times, who has done more to damage Trump and damage the country than any media outlet. And Donald Trump sits down with her three times. I'm going to guess two, three hours each time and says, I love being with her. Oh, well, look at that. She comes out with a book, $32 available on Amazon. The whole book is, uh, uh, according to a, uh, Politico full of eye popping moments that raised eyebrows. So she's going to sell a lot of books. She's going to be on tour. We have some sound from her beginning her book tour all because Donald Trump did her the favor of sitting down and, and, and opening up to her. Now I know there's other people writing books. It's probably, you know, Fox news people, they all write books and there's other, you know, New York post people write books. Donald Trump doesn't sit down with them. He sits down with her because he can help himself. He cannot help himself. He is so needy and so insecure that he thinks in his mind, there's going to come a day where he can win over the New York times. We can win over the people in the mainstream media who hate his guts and are determined to stop him from returning to the white house. That's their job. If you haven't paid attention and or if you have, I mean, Donald Trump, did you see that? I don't know if you saw the story over the weekend. There was, uh, I think it might be in this book, actually. There are aides for Trump now, people working for Trump, whose job it is to go out on the golf course with him while, while scrolling Twitter to tell him what people are saying about him, to tell him when there are flattering things tweeted about him. That's their job, to ride around in a golf cart and tell him, Oh, look what uh, you know, Joe Conscious said, or Miranda Devine, or or uh, or uh, uh, Clay Travis just tweeted about you, Mister Trump. I mean, this is a man so needy. I I'm not. I can't stand it. I can't. And again, if obviously if he's the nominee, I'm all in. I you know the Biden this this whole Biden cabal must be stopped. Kamala, I don't care if it's Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg or or Hillary Clinton, they must be stopped. So of course I would support him. 
But this is something Ron DeSantis knows intuitively. You do not indulge these people. They are out to destroy you. I thought by now, Donald Trump is 76 years old. He's been in the public eye for 40 years. He was president of the United States, and he still doesn't understand this dynamic. He still doesn't seem to know that Maggie Haberman has one job. It is to make you look bad and and stop you from winning back the White House. And you sit down with her for three hours or three, three different times. It was bad enough when he sat down with Bob Woodward. Who, who obviously wrote a, 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 a book and made him look bad. And, and he just doesn't learn. He thinks that this is the time I will charm her. This is the time I'm going to win her over, which was never, ever going to happen. I mean, hell, Politico lists all thing. There's a thousand takeaways in this book. Reasons people will promote it. Reasons people will, will recommend it and people will buy it. And Maggie Hemmerman's going to make a lot of money and make a lot of appearances and in each and every one, she's going to talk about what a buffoon, what a crook, you know, what a what a what a liar you are. That's what's going to happen, Donald Trump. And get and to quote the president, guess what? Guess what? Quick aside: Is anything less presidential than a grown man and seventy-nine-year-old man, leader of the free world, saying, "Guess what? Guess what?" Biden says that every time he talks. Guess what? It sounds like an eighth-grade girl. True guess story. What? Guess what I heard? Guess what Susie said? Guess what? Guess what? The gas is uh, less than $3 a gallon in every state now. We'll get to that lie. But uh, I mean, (laughs) this is just embarrassing. Donald Trump, you are embarrassing yourself doing this, sitting down with this person and helping her destroy you anyway. And I guess it's the New Yorker enemy somehow still reveres the New York Times, which is amazing. Your supporters, Mr. Trump, every single one of the people who goes to your rallies, people with their red hats, the people who love you, they hate the New York Times. They don't read it. They don't believe it. And yet you just can't quit the New York Times. You can't quit Maggie Heberman. It's uncomfortable. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll play a little. This is one of her first appearances. She goes on CNN, you know, with John Berman, the lame duck John Berman, and the other woman there, what's her name, Brianna Keeler, Keller, who've already been fired, but they're, they're playing out the string. You know you're a, you, you know you're a squish. When you get fired and they tell you, just do two more weeks, you know, they trust you to go out without guns blazing. They, if they don't hand you a box and say, get out of the office right now, then you're pathetic. But anyway, they went on, uh, when, was this uh, Friday or was this today? When was this? Over the weekend? Over the weekend, yeah. This is Maggie Haberman, who hates Donald Trump, has a big new bestseller out, thanks to Donald Trump. And now she's going to go on TV, make the rounds promoting it, and pointing out what a friggin' liar and a fool Trump is. That's her job. That's why she's going to make money. And this, I don't know why it bothers me so much. It just, it's his judgment. I can't help but question his judgment. Why the hell would you do this? Anyway, we'll listen to enough. They, everyone's getting a big kick out of the fact that Trump said he could declassify things by, by blinking his eyes or by telepath, telepathy. Oh, look, there's a document. I'm going to think about declassifying it. Boom, it's declassified. How dumb is that? Anyway, we'll listen to a little bit of the, the, the beginning of the book tour that this, that this wretched woman is going to go on thanks to her, her friend Donald Trump. Go ahead. Former president keeps on saying something and saying stuff. And this got a lot of attention, Maggie. I want to play this now. But you have a different take on it. So let's play it first. This was Donald Trump with Sean Hannity. Is there a process? What was your process to declassify? It doesn't have to be a process, as I understand it. You know, there's different people say different things. But as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it, because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. And there doesn't have to be a process. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be. You're the president. You make that decision. So when you send it, it's declassified. We, I declassified everything. Maggie, what most people picked up on was the whole idea of declassified in his mind as being something that doesn't exist on planet Earth. But you picked up on something else that might be legally problematic for him there. Well, I picked up on both, John. I thought saying that he declassified something <laughs> in his mind, I just want to be clear. Also, you picked I on something also, I should say, yeah. 
Right. I just want, I just don't want this to sound as if it's an opposition because that was right. certainly, uh, unusual to hear. Um, but he did say, you know, because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago, that John seemed to indicate that he had intended to send the boxes of material to his private, uh, club and home. Whereas there has been this line from people around him that this was all, you know, an accident. Things were just shipped out. You know, he even said himself in the interview, which is not true, by the way, that the General Services Administration, which is basically, um, government officials had packed the boxes. They have denied that they did that. So they've tried leaning in on the idea that this was some kind of accident. And just now he seemed to suggest this was intentional. So, so, so that's what she's going to do. She's going to go on tour. She's going to point out he's a liar and he, he committed crimes. And that's fine. That's what she's supposed. That's what she does. She works for the New York times. That's her job. And this, uh, right, I got to move on. Yeah, I got to move on. It just drives me crazy that he, that he would sit down for three hours or more knowing. And, and I, I not only question his judgment, who's around him? Who's, who was a Jared Kushner, Ivanka? Who's telling him, yeah, you know, this time, Donald, this time, sir, this time, dad, this time, I think they'll, they'll get how charming you are, how likable, what how fun they'll, this time it will work and you will win them over. God, that's just so stupid. My biggest takeaway from that video, and I'm stunned that that guy's getting fired from his job. He was, he was an electric factory. He had me reeled in by going, oh, I'm joking. He's, he's a Boston guy. I'm not sure what town he's from, but he pretends to be, you know, Boston, big Boston sports fan. He's very dour. And he's very dour. He doesn't have a lot, a lot of laughs with that guy. Uh, and But he's being replaced by Don Lemon. Imagine that. Uh, I have a feeling he'll be sitting home, kind of like what, what I do and what, what you know, Minahan does, sit down and watch the people you, they replaced you with and just say, Good luck with that, because he's going to watch Don Lemon take over in the mornings. Don Lemon, a famously, you know, famous party animal, likes likes his late nights. He's going to have to get up at three in the morning and do yeah. mornings very soon. We never got to his uh, his slavery take the other day, by the way. That, that's true. That, that, that's right. yeah. when he did when he had the uh, the woman from uh, England on asked about reparations. She should, she said, "Oh, definitely, we should pay reparations." The people who should pay it are the African tribal leaders who sold their own people into slavery. And he's like, that's very interesting. <laughs> we can, I, I don't know if we, we it's a, I think lots, most people probably already seen that. We have so much to get to. I don't, I, we can do that another day, but, uh, uh, all right, let's go. Let's get to, let's get to the, and you know what? I feel like this is like overhyping something, overselling it. This could be the creepiest thing Joe Biden has said in public. I'm sure in private when he's sniffing the hairs of, you know, 12 year old girls yeah, sure. and he's whispering in their ears. I'm sure he tops that. But we have a guy in the White House who's not only cognitively challenged, who's not only corrupt to the core, but he is a creep who cannot control himself. And again, I, I, I know I know the symptoms of dementia and what happens oftentimes frustration. You get a lot of people that get angry. People who don't generally haven't had real bad tempers are suddenly temperamental because they can't think of the the words or can't remember things and they get mad and they pound the thing and they say thing like, think about what you're going to think about. You know, that's a clear sign of uh, dementia. But also there's an odd uh, uh, inclination to be more candid than usual, to not have that governor, that, that, that editor in your brain that says, I probably shouldn't blurt this out in public on camera. True that's kind of pressure. That's kind of going away with our president. And occasionally he blurts out things that just don't, that's, that just don't belong. That just are, uh, are over the line. And this was on Friday, I believe, uh, uh, to a group of, you know, whatever union thugs that, that still support him. They still support the bankrupting of this country and the, they support the uh, destroying of everybody's retirement accounts and IRAs. They're all in on that. These are people who are glad to see him destroy senior citizens' life savings. But anyway, in the middle of it, he spots a woman that he had a relationship back with back in the day, which is fine. You know, just say, oh, yeah, old friend. Well, but listen to how he remembers, how he recalls the uh, the relationship with this woman. Go ahead. But guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12. I was 30. But anyway, 
<laughs> this woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate. Oh, boy. Yikes. Guess what? Guess what? He, this guy is a creep and a pervert. And the people around him should be ashamed. I understand you give, you know, gratuitous laughter to, you know, when you're there and you're, it's your guy and he makes a joke. He just said she was 12 and I was 30 and they laughed. What, what is wrong with you people? They laughed. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? She was 12 and I was 30. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't know if you have this this morning. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe it's just me. This, this just drives me crazy. He's, uh, we're going to find out this week, as you know, there's a hurricane about to hit Cal- uh, California, about to hit Florida. People are filling their sandbags and getting their bottled water and their canned fish and hiding in the basement, getting ready for this serious hurricane. I am not going to be able to handle it because the next few days you're going to hear from all these frauds in the media, the, the, on Twitter and everywhere else say, that it's climate change and, and it's uh, obviously a lie. It has nothing to do with climate change. Uh, there's you know, whatever, there's no climate crisis. It's all made up to, 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 to just to spend more of our money and control our lives. But uh, Corinne John became Corinne John Pierre said that this, the, the lack of hurricanes, cause we haven't had a lot of hurricanes recently, a lot of extreme weather. She said, that's because the investment we made in the climate is working. Well, Joe Biden signed that boondoggle August 16th. One month later, Corrine Jean-Pierre said the legislation that he signed is going to affect the weather this fall. Now, I understand she's a liar and that she's dumb. But is there a single American? I mean, I guess there is. There's a lot of dummies out there. I mean, he, he got 81 million votes. Who buys that? that? Because the president signed legislation because he... Sign legislation that's going to piss away $700 million that the weather is going to be different this fall. That, that always frightens me. I say it's the most disheartening thing that there are hundreds of millions or, of Americans who believe we're in a climate crisis. And we have to give the government more money and more power so they can do something about the weather. Again, this is a guy who can't ride a bike, who can't read a teleprompter. This is a guy who doesn't know it's inappropriate to point out he had a relationship with a 12 year old girl when he was 30. That guy is going to fix the extreme weather. You just watch. I think this just, uh, he did this yesterday. Uh, but he, he, he put together a video. I'm going to send it to you. And he, and he talks about how he's going to piss away American taxpayer money, $11 billion, to help poor countries fight climate change. I, again, I ask, who out there supports that? How many people who are getting to work on a Monday morning who are trying to figure out, you know, where all their money went when they look at their 401ks and trying to figure out if they can afford, you know, a vacation or uh, to, to buy a new home or put their kid in car and are saying, oh, good. This empty husk of a man in the White House is promising, what? vowing like it's a good thing to take $11 billion of my money and help Poor countries fight climate change. The, the, and, and on top of that, think about it. You think fighting climate change is the priority for any poor country? You go to sub-Saharan Africa. You go to anywhere. Go to South America. You think a poor country is saying, gee, we really have to do something to fight climate change? Or are they thinking, how can we upgrade our infrastructure? How can we get electricity and running water to all our people? Well, don't look to, to the West because they don't want you to get electricity. They don't want you to modernize. They're, oh, we're all modernized. We're good. We got electricity, at least in some parts of the, uh, the Western world. And, you know, we got all the conveniences of modern. We got airports and hospitals and roads and bridges. You want to have those things? Too bad. We're busy tackling the climate crisis. So here's some money. Just don't spend it on a new, on a new uh, uh, coal-powered electrical plant don't no no you can't do that don't you can't spend it on your grid we we need you to stay in mud huts to save the earth but listen to how matter-of-factly he says it and ask yourself this who's he talking to i mean i realize there's these green nuts these morons that light themselves on fire at the tennis court or lay down in traffic who somehow think this is a good idea but what normal human being who's on his way to work on a monday morning thinks oh good oh good 11 billion more to fight the climate crisis. Go ahead, play it. Last month, I signed the biggest climate bill in history, the biggest ever. 
$369 billion to slash emissions by nearly half. This is a whole new chapter for America and for the planet. And there has to, we have to do a lot more. I pledge $11 billion a year to help poor countries fight climate change. Working with Congress, with your help, we can get this done. God, do people believe that? Uh, yeah, we did. We, we, we took $300 billion of your money, you were, and we're going to fight the climate. Oh, Christ. Does this ever say the legislation signed in August is going to affect the weather in the, this fall? I believe so. I haven't been able to listen to it, but the text that is along with it is similar, yes. And she's, and she's so dumb. She couldn't, you know, she's... She probably has trouble looking to see on her phone what the weather's going to be today. And she and her team at the White House, if you give them enough money, are going to solve, are going to tackle the climate crisis. Go ahead. I'm not annoyed enough. Let's listen to her. <laughs> and it is one of the most, the most historic investment to fight climate change. As we are talking about extreme weather, I've gotten multiple questions on Puerto Rico and what the people, people of Puerto Rico, our brothers and sisters are going through. Uh, what what may happen in this hurricane season? A lot of that is is going to uh, be helped uh, by the work that this president has done. Bipartisan infrastructure law, uh, again, the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, quick question, follow up for you, uh, KJP. How is legislation signed a month ago going to help the people of Puerto Rico as they hunker down and and wait for this hurricane? How? 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 That's just so silly. Keep people, how are people buying this garbage? This, this, they just keep shoveling this garbage. And, and we're supposed to say, oh, good, he's tackling the climate crisis. Climate crisis and the gas prices. The gas prices at the what? pumps. Said the climate crisis and the gas prices. Oh, the gas. Yeah, let's yeah, throw that out there. Just because, as I point out all the time, no, obviously presidents lie. There's been plenty of, I mean, Joe Biden, uh, you know, Barack Obama said you can keep your doctor if you like your doctor. Perhaps the most costly lie we've ever heard from a president. But presidents lie. Donald Trump lied about his golf score and the, and the crowd size. Joe Biden lies about everything. <laughs> Listen to how cavalier, how confident how comfortably he lies about gas prices play it and then i'll, I'll give you a quick uh, reality i'll do i'll do what uh, you know politifact and cnn are supposed to do i'll fact check the president they they used to do that until uh november 2020 yeah back in the uh, day they used to fact check the president they don't do it anymore but but we can do it go ahead play it and in 41 states plus the district of columbia the average gasoline price is less than two dollars and 99 cents the dick record of Columbia. <laughs> is that in the United States of Camara? <laughs> uh, this is the United fact. States Camara, for God's sake. <laughs> okay, quick fact check. That is 100% false. The price of gas is not under $3 a gallon in any state. Not one. He said in, in 41 states, not in one single state is it under $3 a gallon. Not one. And he says it's in 41, just makes it up. 41 makes it sound good, I guess. Say 41 states in District of Columbia, it's under $3 a gallon. But but this, uh, every time he talks about gas prices or any of his surrogates in the media, the whatever, New York Times, CNN, this drives me crazy because when gas prices were skyrocketing every day, Kareem Jean-Pierre and Jen Psaki and Maggie Haberman and the rest were saying, the president doesn't affect uh, control the price of gas. That's that's OPEC, and that's what I, that's the war. That's Ukraine. So he affects the price of gas when it's coming down, but not when it's going up. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the oil Next companies summer. need to do their part and lower the price right. of the pumps. No, no, he Remember said that. gas station owners. Oh yeah, that too. Hardworking mom and pop people. You're greedy. You're greedy. I shut down the pipeline. I stopped leases. I stopped drilling. I, uh, but it, you're greedy because you want to make a living. But on my drive in here, on the right off the highway, those mobiles at the rest stops, it was four twelve. What the hell? Four twelve. Oh, you know what, Donald? You know what uh, Joe Biden calls that? That calls that under three dollars a gallon. That's what that is. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Makes sense. And it's such a fundamental lie. You think about everyone's like you. They see the neon sign. Oh, look at that! Four dollars and you know nineteen cents a gallon. And they go, "Did the president just say it's under three dollars?" Yes, he did. 
41 states. Oh, I guess it's not my state. Not one state. And then, as usual, behind him is a bunch of hack union thugs cheering, cheering for these lies. But I, uh, which brings us to some people who weren't cheering. I want to get to this because it'll cheer me up. Speaking of cheering, this is something that will cheer you up. This is New York City at a summit thing, whatever. It's called like a global summit. Anything with the word global in it, I said, is 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 bad. It's no good. There Alex no Jones good. hates it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's called the, uh, do you have a, the name? You can see it like on the sign when this this woman introduced, or this person introduces uh, Nancy Pelosi. But it's New York City at a global uh, uh, climate summit. So it's the ultimate you know, it's like, it's like Martha's Vineyard. Global Citizens Festival. Global Citizens, all, everything about that. It just says, get me out of here. Sounds like the biggest bunch of creeps, glassy-eyed climate cultists. Uh, again, like the, uh, like the Martha's Vineyard people, just virtue signal and frauds. Um, they, have, they have Nancy Pelosi make an appearance. Listen to the reaction. She gets in New York City at a global, what is it again? Citizens Summit. Global Citizens Summit, yeah. Citizens Festival. It's a good sign. Uh, there's not a single Trumpkin there. No red hats. No, you don't know. And these are her people, and they're booing her ass off, which is great. She's that's the best thing. Uh, not the best thing, but that's something that is a guarantee. In November, she gets fired. She, uh, Republicans take the House. She's no longer Speaker. She's a she's an irrelevant backbencher, which means she'll retire and take some you know consulting job, lobbying job, make hundreds of millions of dollars because she hasn't made enough. She and her husband can, you know, drunk drive through Napa for the remaining <laughs> few years. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was still, it was good to see. It was good to hear. It was good to see. All right, before we get to our uh, NFL and uh, our, our Celtics update, I did want to do this because it is such a strange story. You know that I'm, you know, a uh, big Tucker fan. Maybe it's a little, maybe my obsession's a little, uh, you know, unhealthy, but uh I'm a, a huge Tucker fan. Every night I feel like it's therapy listening to his opening monologue. He's, he's just great at what he does and he's fearless. And he's the only one out there who talks about Joe Biden showering with his daughter. <laughs> and I'm always curious about his life because as we know, he was chased out of DC by, you know, the, the Antifa thugs and the, and the other scum that like uh, surrounded his house and banged on and vandalized his house. And his terrified wife had to lock herself in a closet and call the cops and and he got doxxed and he moved somewhere else. And I think they doxxed him there, showed up his house. So now he lives in Maine, like in the sticks in rural Maine. And, uh, you know, up there with his guns and probably some friendly neighbors and the Antifa scum's going to go nowhere near that place. But so that's where he does his show. And I think he occasionally, you know, travels, he does documentaries and travels to Brazil or Hungary, but for the most part, he is uh, hunkered down in Maine safely. Anyway, Story breaks, says here's where Tucker was this weekend. And I'm always curious, what's he doing? How weird is this? This is from the uh, Daily Mail. Tucker Carlson turned up at the funeral of Hells Angels leader, Sonny Barger, Saturday, and delivered an impassioned speech in honor of the fallen societal figure. (laughs) Carlson was one of 7,000 people who gathered at Stockton 99 Speedway to pay respects to Ralph Sonny Barger, who died in June following a brief battle with throat cancer at age 83. Man, you're a hell's angel. You live to be 83. Pretty good. It says he, it says he smoked three packs of camels a day. A and lot. he lived to be 83. And Tucker delivered one of the eulogies for a hell's angel. How weird, how strange is that? Uh, but it's all about, you know, freedom and, and everything else. He, he talked about... Uh, do you have any any sound from Tucker at the uh, funeral? Because he talked about the guy's credo, the guy's uh, you know uh, attitude on life, and 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 he he, he said he would adopt that. Uh, always stand tall, stay loyal, remain free, and always value honor. And, and Tucker said that's uh, 
his that was uh, Sonny Barger's credo, and he and then he poses for pictures as a bunch of photos of Tucker with all these badass Hell's Angels with you know the leather vests and no shirt under it and tatted up and beards and just <laughs> Tucker and he's got his oh he's got like jeans on and his loafers with no socks and his nice dress shirt and he's just schmoozing <laughs> with Hell's Angels at this service out in Stockton, which is not exactly uh, friendly, convenient to uh, Northern Maine. But do, do you have any of his eulogy? Yep. I haven't even uh, played. My name is Tucker Carlson. I, I flew from Maine to be here, which is at the other end of the country. Um, and I flew for two reasons. One, I'm from California. I grew up here. I'm 53 years old, so I remember a different state. I almost never come back because it makes me sad. And standing here with all of you reminds me of the state I grew up in. I haven't smelled cigarette smoke in the state of California in 30 years, and I'm just so grateful to smell it. So thank you for those. And I'm not joking at all. So thank you to those of you who are smoking and persisting. Thank you to those of you who are going to the Stockton Gun Show in two days. God bless. I can't believe they still exist. I can't believe this California still exists. And I'm just really happy to see that it does. When I was when I was a child, I lived in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego, so the, the whole coastal range of the state. And we'd be on the I-5 in the station wagon. We'd hear this me, noise. Me, 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 me. And every vehicle on the I-5, if you're over 50 and lived in the state, you know exactly would get to the side as these chop ape hangers, you know, these hard-tailed bikes just come roaring up, and everyone was just... It intimidated the shit out of everyone on the freeway as the Hells Angels went by. But in a respectful way, and I thought, those guys are cool. And at the first opportunity I had, when I was 19 delivering pizza, uh, I bought a 1971 XLCH. And the reason I bought it was, it had no juice box on the handlebars. And I remember the bikes of my childhood, which had no, I mean, obviously they had mechanical brakes, not hydraulic brakes. And I just loved the handlebars and the Hells Angels bikes. So you inspired me in my choice of motorcycles. I'm still a fan, but that's not why I came. I came because I never met Sonny Barger, but when he died, his letter to his wife and friends was released. And my college roommate, who's also a Harley Davidson fan, sent it to me. We'd always been fans of Sonny Barger, but I didn't know what his personal views were apart from representing the club. And the letter, if I can just summarize it for memory, was always stand tall. Stay loyal, ah, which made me emotional reading it. Stay loyal, remain free, and always value honor. Stand tall, stay loyal, remain free, and always value honor. And I thought to myself, if there is a phrase that sums up more perfectly what I want to be, what I aspire to be, and the kind of man I respect, I can't think of a phrase that sums it up more perfectly than that. Wow. That that is, that's, uh, I don't know. That, but that's pretty cool. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big Hell's Angels fan. Let's be, <laughs> never. I never really got. Uh, uh, you never met any. Never, never looked at those choppers with the high handlebars and said, "I want one of those," or or the leather vest with no shirt under it. Uh, but uh, that's pretty impressive. He flies from. Maine to Stockton, California to eulogize a dead Hell's Angel who had been in prison. He's got a long criminal record, just a wild man. But uh, that is interesting. I assume he'll do something on his show tonight. No, I'll, I'll be curious. I didn't know. I didn't know he was actually a Harley guy. Like he actually rode a Harley. I know he likes to smoke. Uh, like I think he smokes cigars and like weird pipes and different kind of cigarettes. He's a big tobacco guy. That's why he was talking about cigarettes. But just thought that was an interesting uh, way to spend your to spend your September weekend. Definitely with Tucker Carlson. <laughs> All right, we got to get we have much more to get to. We got to get to the latest on this Celtics story. It is just crazy, and it's going to get crazier. And a wild, ugly weekend in the uh, in the NFL. These what was the date yesterday? September twenty fifth. That was the end of the uh, New England Patriots season. Sad, but mm-hmm. uh, what can you do? They're due for a. Uh, for a down year, but uh, first let me do let me do Shay here. Can I do Shay here, Ironhead? Yeah, sure can. Let's do it. You've told you about Shay plenty of times. You've heard it. I'm going to tell you again because this is such a good idea. You want to do something for your home? Here's what you do this fall. Here's your home improvement product, and you know what? Here's a way to look at it. That money you got in your uh, bank, it's not 
growing. It's not, you know, you're losing, man. That 401k, that, that savings, you're losing. If you invest in your house, that's how you win. And the one surefire way to improve your house is a new set of precast concrete steps. Whether it's a new home or you're placing an old staircase in an old home, Shade Concrete has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town. You can do use concrete or you can customize with stone or brick. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do this yourself. It's a pain in the ass getting rid of those old steps. They're heavy. They're awkward. Shea will take care of it all for you when you're, they're done. They'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade, people. This is an investment in your home. One phone call can get it done. A few hours later, you could have a brand new front entrance. Learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at shakeconcrete.com. And you can also go there and look for a job. Shea's always hiring right now. They have between 15 and 20 open positions available. These are career opportunities at a great company for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That is go to shayconcrete.com. I, I thought we would know more about the Celtic situation by Monday. I was predicting somebody, one of these reporters, uh, you know, Wojnowski or Brian Windhorst or Jackie McMullen or Chris, they, they're all working their f- the phones trying to get us more without, you know, compromising the, the woman who had an affair with um, Ime Odoka, which is fine. She's the underling. He's in the position of power. That's why he's suspended for a year. That's why he will be fired. I don't think he will ever be back on the Celtics bench because, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what convinced me. I mean, if, if it was just a guy had a weekend, they were on a business trip and the guy had an a, a, a inappropriate relationship with someone on the staff, you'd say that's, that's awful, but it happens. You punish him. Maybe you get suspended. A year, as we mentioned on Friday and Thursday, whenever it's broke, is pretty extreme, pretty hardcore. Um, I, when uh, I, I said, like most people, we said there must be more to the story. It can't just be, you know, they had they snuck up in the hotel one night and had a thing. There's got to be more to the story to get a year and, and, and get Brad Stevens swearing and sobbing at a press conference. There's more to this. Well, a really interesting development was, I think, on Friday into Saturday, Matt Barnes, former NBA player, now in the media, like everyone else, defended, um, in a, uh, I guess in some form, defended Udoka and criticized the Celtics, like some people did, like Stephen A. Smith, who had the dumbest analysis of this, thought the Celtics should keep it private. So they thought this, he, Stephen A. thought the Celtics should suspend their coach for a year or whatever, a month, whatever, a day and keep it private. Let's suspend our coach, but not tell the media. Great idea, Stephen A. Well, that apparently was a thing where the, the uh, members of the media criticized the Celtics for being too hard on um, being too harsh (laughs) with their punishment. And, I, before I had a take, I said, there's got to be more to this. And I said, we, we need, they, they have to leak out something. Well, somebody leaked something to Matt Barnes after they heard he was uh, criticizing the team and he doesn't give you any details, but listen to how he describes what he subsequently learned after criticizing the team. Go ahead. Let's listen to Matt Barnes. They won't come out and say it. And since I'm a part of the media now and I try not to be like everyone else, uh, I try to, you know, report and, and talk with facts and, and, and honesty. And I clearly have to say last night, uh, without knowing all the facts, I spoke on Ime Udoka's defense. And after finding out the facts after I spoke, I erased what I posted because this situation in Boston is deep, it's messy, it's a hundred times uglier than any of us thought. And that's why I erased what I said. Uh, Some things happened that I can't condone, I can't back. And it's not my place to tell you what happened. If it ends up coming out, it ends up coming out. But that was the reason why I erased my post last night because after I posted it, I got a call from someone who had all the details and shit is deep. So man, praying for everybody involved. Um, 
you know, hope everyone gets through this. And I saw a lot of blogs picked up what I said, even though it was only on my page for like two minutes. So hopefully they pick this up too, um, for me being wrong and, and jumping out there without the facts. So that's where I'm gonna leave it. God bless. And I hope everyone. Do you think, uh, quick question, do you think he actually prayed? Do you think he got his knees and like this instead of praying for Ime and I'm praying for his girlfriend, I'm praying for the Celtics? You think he, he said prayers for all involved. I don't I don't believe he did that, but... Some people are crazy religious, though. He, he works for ESPN now, uh, as well as NBC Sports California for Sacramento Kings games. He said, I'm a member of the media now. And then he says, it's not my place to tell you what I learned. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not just your place. It's your job, Matt Barnes. But when I heard that, I said, so somebody in the organization is talking to somebody in the media and telling them there's more to the story and it's ugly. In fact, it's a hundred times uglier than we thought. So I said, any minute now, we're going to find out some pretty uh, revealing graphic details we haven't yet but i can't help but think it's coming you think the person who talked to matt barnes is is all done you know leaking you think they're all done trying to uh, share the story i don't they're going to talk to somebody in the media and somebody's going to do their job and report it i don't know what that entails you know is there more women involved did he force himself on her uh there, there's 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 a lot of questions out there i don't think uh, if we do find out something that is indeed a hundred times uglier than we think, there's no way that uh, Udoka can come back and coach the Celtics. There's no way. In fact, I think they didn't fire him because of some whatever legal contractual thing. And they just said, we'll suspend him and we'll get through this. And then we'll say, you know, we're, we decided to move on. You, he can't come back and coach this team. If we find out what he did was much worse than just screwing around on his wife. By the way, uh, we've been looking for other members of the media who are, you know, advancing the story. And we have, what's his name? Kevin Frazier, who's now with, I believe, with Entertainment Tonight. He used to be with, I think, Fox, or is he with ESPN? I'm not even sure. Uh, and he said, do you have the Kevin uh, Frazier tweet? I'm yeah, I'm pulling it, pulling it up right now. Yeah. And, and we found out how, how Udoka's wife caught him. Multiple source, sources confirmed, says Derek, uh, says Kevin Frazier. Celtics female staffer's affair with Celtics coach Udoka was uncovered by her husband when he overheard a private conversation on a home doorbell camera. You know what? I have a feeling that's how most affairs are exposed these days. I'm, I have doorbell cameras. And, uh, you know, they're on my wife's phone. And I, I, I often think I'll, she'll ask me like, uh, uh, talk to her and say, well, what, what'd you get at CVS? And I'll be like, what? You went to, how did you know? Well, I saw you on the doorbell cam. Well, you have a CVS bag. And I'm like, oh shit. I mean, it's weird how you forget that you're on camera sometimes. I remember having a conversation with someone in front of the house and she started asking me about things we talked about. And I'll go, what the hell? How did you know? I saw you on the camera. I'm like, geez, those things are a little bit too, a little bit too abrusive. She's on to so, you, Jerry. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm never going to get caught doing what Udoka did. I'm too afraid. It's not, not that I wouldn't be tempted, but I'm too afraid of uh, getting caught and getting, <laughs> I'm afraid of my wife. What can I say? <laughs> but, uh, but it is amazing that uh, he got caught on a doorbell cam and they bring in a law firm to do an investigation and whatever they learned made them suspend him for a year, made Brad Stevens cry and made Matt Barnes say it's a thousand times worse than we think. What could that be? I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling we're going to find out. So get ready. I have a feeling we're going to find out. And then we're going to say he can never ever coach this team again. Uh, but uh, that's the latest. Nothing definitive, but it's coming. Hell, they have media day this week. They, 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 they begin, the season begins and there's going to be a lot of questions and people are going to say, I don't know anything or it's private or it's protected privacy concerns. But you know, there's a way around that. You can, uh, you can tell the truth and, and, uh, you know, fill people in. And this idea that they're, it's not fair to the women in the organization. Uh, 
because of all the speculation on Twitter. Well, I'll say two things to that. One, it's Twitter. It's it's not. They're not going to. They're not going to touch you. They're still just words on the screen. You got to learn to you know, let that let that go. And and secondly, people are going to speculate because that's all they're left to do. If you don't have any answers for them, what do you expect them to do? Just say, "Oh, I'm good." I you know, I'd really like to know why the guy who just took his team to the finals is gone. Why it's going to cost them, you know, five, 10 million bucks. I'd love to know why, but I won't speculate because I'm, I'm afraid I might hurt someone's feelings. It's a natural human reaction. I'm going to speculate. If you don't want speculation, then answer some questions. All right. Let's get to the ugly end of the New England Patriots season and the ugly end to the Brady's, Brady's Brady versus Rogers and Maybe the ugly end to Brady versus Giselle, Brady versus Boonston. Uh, but uh, I'm uh, I'm not sure how these uh, Patriots day, how their season could have gone any worse. Mac Jones, although I'd say this, Mac Jones had a terrible game before he got hurt. He threw three picks. They were all bad picks. They were all his fault. They lose at home to the Baltimore Ravens and, uh, did we all pick the Ravens yes. in our picks? Yeah, oh, some, so other, some other people picked the over. So if you listen to certain people, you might have made more money. I'm just saying. So you picked the over. Not that that's included in our little competition, but uh, Patriots lose at home. It was just ugly. And at the end, last play for him, uh, Mac Jones gets rolled up on. We believe it's a high ankle sprain. Bill Belichick's not filling in, uh, not answering any more questions about that, of course. But uh now they're looking at probably losing him for a good month. Means Brian Hoyer will be quarterbacking against Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Packers. They do have some winnable games. You know, they play the Bears, they play the Browns, but they do play the Dolphins one more time and the Bills two more times. So it's it's probably over. You know, they're they're uh, they're not going to the playoffs. They're they're. It's going to be a lost season for their quarterback. I fear high ankle sprains. They're as bad as breaks. You know, you do, they do. You don't bounce bounce back from them with you know in a week with some ice and a couple of Advils. So does not look good for uh, Mac Jones. Um, yeah, I'm looking at all the the picks he threw. They were bad. I mean, the, the overthrow, the last pick. It's just not a not a throw an NFL quarterback makes. Not a good NFL quarterback. The, the other the first pick, he didn't see a linebacker that was there, just baiting him. And then the one in the back of the end zone was pathetic. <laughs> Paul Paul in the comment line says, "Time to bring in Kaepernick." Oh God, Bill Belichick, please God, uh, let's pray. Like Matt Barnes said, let's pray for all involved. Bill Belichick, please. Give Cap a look. You need a quarterback. You need somebody. I would love he's been that. to a Super Bowl. You know, he's, I would. I would ready. love for them to bring him in because it's just going to make Bill look great. And if he if he does still have anything in the tank, it'll make Belichick look like a genius. Oh, and, and he doesn't, but that's okay. ESPN people will just love it. They will. They will just eat it up. It'll be oh, be great. But anyway, that's uh, there was just uh, the NFL is the one thing they got going for them again is great parody. You never know what the hell's going to happen. I mean, and Tom Brady uh, screwing up at the end with uh, needing a two point conversion to tie it screws that up. Aaron Rodgers comes away with the win, even though and he looked good, but they didn't score any points. Uh, just some ugly games out there. Um. Tom Brady doesn't have any weapons right now. Mike Evans got suspended. Uh, what's his face? Uh, got hurt. Uh, the uh, it just got Cole Beasley though. Huh? You're thinking of um, uh, Julio Jones? Old, yeah, Julio Jones got hurt. He's still hurt. I mean, he just had no weapons. He's got Cole Beasley out there now, and Scotty Miller, two little white guys. Just, to, just not a getting not enough, especially around the goal line. The catch that so Cole Tom, Beasley made on that first possession was amazing because Brady threw it about 150 thousand miles an hour, and he caught it with his fingertips. And then Brady's going to get frustrated. He's going to smash more tablets. Yep. But uh, this is from uh, the Daily Mail uh, today, and you can trust them. I'm not sure anyone else is even going to cover it, but. Uh, you know, this is we can't get enough of uh, American royalty. The Brady Bunchton household is as close as we got to the royal family. And uh, the, the Daily Mail reports this morning uh, 
Tom Brady and Giselle Bouston's recent rocky relationship has nothing to do with the NFL player's decision to go back to football after announcing his retirement. And the married pair are still living in separate houses. The Brazilian supermodel and her seven-time Super Bowl husband have been at the center of a spell of speculation after fans noticed Giselle was conspicuously missing from the sidelines and the stands of Brady's first home game. Since rumors of the tensions between the pair have first emerged, multiple reports claimed that Brady's decision to do a U-turn on his retirement was the trigger for their marital problems. He had initially quit to focus on family, spend more time with the family. Uh, said Giselle deserves what she needs from me as a husband and my kids. Uh, but then he re-entered. As we know, he returned. But the Daily Mail says their rift is completely unrelated to the return. Bushton is her husband's number one cheerleader and said she would not care if he played until he was in his 50s. But the friction between the two has resulted in them living apart. They were renting Derek Jeter's old home. In uh, on Davis Island in Tampa, I've seen that house in person. Oh, have you? But it's getting torn down. They're tearing it down. It's a thirty thousand square foot home with seven bedrooms, and uh, they're tearing it down to build something better. And they says the Daily Mail says they don't know where the two are living, but uh, Giselle has been spotted recently in New York. She has not been at the game, uh, not been tweeting or whatever, Instagramming much. Uh, you know what? It was bound to happen. You can't be famous and this famous, rich, uh, you know, world, you know, renowned celebrities and have a happy marriage. It just doesn't work, you know, doesn't work. So, uh, looks like trouble in paradise. I mean, I want, I want Brady to win though. Don't you want him in there in the playoffs? I want him to be, you know, uh, hosting playoff games and playing green Bay or, I'm going to the Super Bowl, playing the Bills or the Chiefs or the Dolphins. I mean, he just makes things more interesting. But uh, good luck to those two kids. All right. Uh, what else? What else we got? Uh, let me go. Oh, we got the tantrum. This is one of the great tantrums of all time. Mm-hmm. If you missed it, the uh, Chiefs, I mean, the Bills at the end uh, let the clock run out. They couldn't get it to the line to spike it in their loss to the Dolphins. It looked to me like the wide receiver, what's his face, number six, could have made it to the sidelines. But as, as often happens, these guys are dopes. They think they can get upfield and then make something happen instead of getting out of bounds. He gets tackled. The clock ticks down. They run out of time. They lose at Miami. And uh, their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, in the booth with the camera on him. What the hell would he have done if it wasn't our camera? He, I mean, he knows there's a camera there. They show it that camera all game. Like you really care about a coach in a press box, but uh, let's, let's show the reaction Ken Dorsey had to his team, letting the clock run out at the end of their uh, loss in Miami. Go ahead. <laughs> and one, somebody in the booth puts their hand over the camera. He just takes everything. His headsets is, his notebooks, his pens, and just slamming everything at the end of that game. He looked like uh, Tom Brady sometimes looks on the sidelines. Yeah. A lot of tantrums going on in the NFL these days. I think Tua might be legit, that. too. What? I think Tua might be legit, too. Tua, who looked like he might have had a concussion, might have had his bell rung. Oh, yeah. But apparently uh, uh, he said it was a back injury. He showed up at his press conference with his back all tape, uh, iced up. But you're right. That's the worst development. Well, not not as bad as Mac Jones getting hurt. But if you're a Patriots fan, the Dolphins look excellent. They're, not only does their QB look good, but he's got some great weapons and you don't. But the, the most concerning thing if you're a Patriot is maybe they found a coach. Maybe they found one of those really smart young prodigies. That little geeky look at Mike McDaniel on the sideline with those glasses. Get the same glasses as you do, Ironhead. Mm. And you're thinking he's not going to be well respected in the locker room. Maybe, maybe. Well, you know what? Dumping, uh, what's his face? Brian, uh, Flores, <laughs> Brian, Brian Flores and replacing him with Mike McDaniel might be the move. I'm pretty sure that, uh, Stephen Ross is not going to be paying Mike McDaniel to lose and get a better draft position because they right now think they're Super Bowl contenders. And if, if Tua can get the ball down the field to his guys, 
We know he's he's accurate. If he can throw it deep, uh, the Dolphins are real, and their coach is real. He's three and zero. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. That's bad news for the Patriots, and obviously the Bills will be there. So, mm. you know, you're battling the Jets for third place right now, and you got Brian Hoyer going toe to toe with um, with Aaron Rodgers next week. Uh, can we want to pick that game now? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers by a billion. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Packers, uh, but I don't even know. Is there a line? Do they wait for the injury update for the line? Because you're not going to get it until until Bill Belichick is forced, compelled by rule to tell you what the injury is. You're not going to get anything on it. I can get the early line probably. Let me see. Are you? But uh, I think uh, it's it's going to get ugly. It's not. It's, you know what? It's been decades since Patriots fans have lived like this, where you feel like you got no shot, but it's the way it used to be around here, kids. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> the early line is Patriots getting 11. <laughs> You're kidding. No. Wow. When is that, when has that ever happened? I, I couldn't tell you. Maybe 95. <laughs> <laughs> to be pre-Bledsoe, pre-Parcells, I would say. Yeah. Uh, opening there it is matchup opening oh, oh, 11 what's what's the uh, what you you're going to uh, obviously you're going to pick the over? I don't know. It's, it's at 41. He didn't Aaron Rodgers looks like he's missing what's his face? Demonte Adams a lot. Yeah. Uh, and the Patriots, Patriots defense is actually pretty good. So Yeah. Uh well, I got uh, right here. The probably wasn't updated. You got eleven. I got right here. It says eight and a half. I'm on a uh, a gambling website that I'm trying to uh, get affiliated with, but I won't say their name yet. Okay, oh, that's one of our favorite websites. It's our favorite website. Yeah. Pete, uh, is, is it a uh, what time is the game? A one p.m. game. I'm trying to get all info on this game. I should have been ready for this. Four twenty-five. Oh, it's a 420. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know what? The country's going to be pretty happy. They're going to love it. They're going to be watching the Patriots struggle for a while. But, hey, they need a quarterback. Kaepernick's available, Bill Belichick. All right, we're going to leave it there. Uh, there's stuff I didn't get to, but we'll get What's up? It's going to be a long week. We can get to it. Uh, anything really important, Ironhead, that I missed? No, definitely not. You can listen when you're done with us. You can listen to uh, the Kirk Minahan show. I was his guest last night. It was uh, it was a long show though. He didn't keep it nice and tight like we did. Nice hour, boom, in and out. Save you know when you're uh, have a long drive to do. When you're all done listening to us, then you can check that out. It was fun. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just uh, Kirk, me, and Cullinane. That's yeah. it. You were really, a bunch of you were very com- complimentary of me. It was nice. Yes, I praise for you. As usual. Um, but uh, uh, it was a good time. We had a good time. Did uh, You know, didn't want to do any of the issues. We just did a lot of grab ass, a lot of grab ass. Kirk and Kirk and, and I, we're buds again. So we'll see how that goes. How, what is the Kirk Minahan show? Box Eating Dead says, I don't know. It's some, some, you know, there's a million. Everyone's got a podcast. Apparently my old friend Kirk has one too. So Check that out when you're all done with us. We didn't get to the Catholic father of seven getting raided by 30 FBI agents, but I promise we'll get to that another day. It's a wild story. We will leave it there for today. Thanks to everybody for listening and watching and commenting and suggesting they bring in Kaepernick. I'm all in. Do it, Bill. We need Cap. Bring on Cap. Thanks. uh, Thanks thanks to you, Ironhead and... uh, Thanks to that chapstick that has more personality than you. But, it was bullshit you know, comment. Bullshit comment. No, I'm sorry. No, it hurt your feelings, did you? Yeah, I mean, if, we, you, if you ever took a breath of air, maybe you'd hear out my lovely voice once in a while. Did uh, That's what I'm afraid of, which <laughs> I understand. That's what I'm afraid of. The So did we did we picked, I, I forget the other game. We picked Thursday night. I got that right. Patriots, mm-hmm. I got that right. What was the other game? Uh, I forget the third one, but we also took tonight's. Tonight, the right. The Giants game. So that's the one I'm forgetting, but whatever. We'll figure that out tomorrow. I feel like I'm on a roll. I got two right. I'm going to dig myself out of that hole, but we'll see what happens. What's tonight's game again? It's uh, the Giants versus. Uh, oh, Gi- oh, that's right. Giants. God, I hate watching. I feel like Giants games I've been watching my whole life. Cowboys. In 90, Giants, Cowboys. I've watched that game literally, you know, 40 times, I feel like, in my life. And, and like 38 of them have been boring. 
they just, I, I look at the Giants and the Cowboys and it like gives me a headache. I feel like it's just never going to be a great entertaining game, but who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us tonight. It's uh, Connor, what's his name? Cooper, Connor Rush. Cooper Rush. Uh, against Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, very exciting. Awesome, awesome. We'll, uh, well, maybe it'll surprise us. If, it, if it's any good, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Oh, maybe it's the Manning cast. Is there a Manning cast? That makes it Usually, much more entertaining. Right? I hope so. We will see, but we'll leave it there for today. Thanks again. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Well, the tide is turning in Massachusetts after years of watching Democrats raise taxes, hinder local businesses, silence the voices of parents, and disrespect the police. The people have had enough. Go to MassGOP.org to learn more, get involved, or make a contribution. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.